Welcome to Your Voice Matters podcast. How your voice and communication help you succeed in life? It's the burning question of this season. This podcast aims to bring together the experiences of professionals who work with communication, voice and leadership skills, but in different perspectives. My name is Ines Moura, I'm an executive vocal coach and I'm the host of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed and you feel inspired. Welcome to this episode of Your Voice Matters podcast. Today I have with me Ligia Ramos Koyen with a university degree in philosophy and a specialization in human resources management. She is now a CEO of the, an international training and coaching company based in Amsterdam called Into Motivation. She's specialized in family coaching and relationships. She hosts the podcast The Coaches Next Door, and he's, she's a co-author of the book The Spiral of Superpowers. Ligia, welcome to this podcast. Thank you for having me <laughs> in this podcast. So can you tell us a little bit more about your journey and how you have combined uh, spirituality, cognitive performance, and body work? So how was yes. your journey and how did you end up doing this? Yeah, I, I still, I'm still figuring out. I'm still um, sometimes really realizing how this all happened. Um, but, but I think it's uh, connected with also my experiences uh, as a young girl. So I started dancing ballet when I was five. Uh, and I, I like to 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 not I don't like to exercise but I like to move my body so I don't like gyms <laughs> but I like to dance I like to move my body and if I'm long time without doing that a long time without doing that I, I really um, feel that need so that was something that was always there mm -hmm. the the body and but also uh, and I started doing yoga when I was 15 um, and I was always very curious about how the body works and what the body can give and how um, I can transform myself uh, with using my body in a different way. So that was the part that was always, always there. And then my profound <laughs> um, admiration uh, by words. Uh, so I was like... Um, always reading I still am uh, mm. I, I always have a book in my purse you know I always um, I have uh, more than I, I think 30 notebooks um, uh, all written and with poems with stories uh, mm. so I always liked the words and what these words are all about mm -hmm. and at the same time I, I'm so curious about people but so curious. Um, I'm always intrigued by what is going on in that head, uh, what is going on in that body. So I think this mix, a, mix. Uh, a very, a very big mix, um, made me um, look for a place and it was not so much a study, uh, but was looking for a place Honestly, that was able to deal with me. Um, I remember that 
I went to my father and I was really, uh, when, you know, in Portugal, you are super young when you need to decide. I was 16 when I finished high school. Um, so because I, I started school a little bit earlier, so I was super young, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I was really struggling. What should I be doing? Because I like people. I really like art. So I went to an art school for a year. Um, I did theater since ever. So um, I was like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But I also was very good at science. And my father's like, yeah, that makes things a little bit difficult. <laughs> so he was super sweet. And, uh, and he arranged a group of friends um, that I, I, a lawyer, a, a psychologist. Um, I went to, to the radio. I did, I did radio for many years. I did radio for more than 10 years. Um, and I went in a, in a holiday in the summer. I, I went like one week while I was to the lawyer to see how they work and what they were doing. And like, I will never be a lawyer. Um, so, so great, like the, little, little internships. Yes, 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 yes. And I went to the radio and I stayed there for 10 years, not as a professional, but I stayed there for 10 years. Um, but, and I went to the, to the psychologist and I know that this is not what I want to be doing. And then I had a, a aunt uh, from my mom uh, that she was um, a nun. And uh, she and she was very present in my childhood, mm-hmm. um, and we had a very beautiful conversations. She she introduced me to the little prince uh, mm-hmm. when I was like maybe six. Um, so and, and she came to me and said, "I know a person that you will like to meet." So I met a friend of hers that is a very known person in Portugal. He's a very famous uh, priest. And uh, I went to Lisbon, I had a talk with him, and, I, and he said to me, I know, I, I want to invite you. And I said, oh, okay, to the what? And I said, maybe he's <laughs> going to take me to a, you know, a convent. Um, and I, I like, that could be a possibility. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, uh, I was not saying no. Um, and uh, he took me to the, to the university, to the, to the uh, philosophy university. Mm. Um, and, and I was there and I met some teachers and I had some conversations and I, like, I think I could fit here. I could, I think they, I felt respected. Mm-hmm. I felt respected in my approach to life. Um, and I felt, oh, this is nice. We have different, um, studies and I can choose as well. And we had from, um hermeneutica to uh philosophy of course mm-hmm. uh but also uh science uh, with epistemology so i had a I very had wide a very wide range of uh topics yeah. and subjects yeah yeah i had everything there so i go like why not so i was really happy i i was in my place i was in my environment i had my tribe um i must confess that i was better dealing with the teachers than with my colleagues uh, because I, I was really wanting to learn from them. And I, I had the, the, the oldest teachers at that time. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I was like fascinated. I was in love by, <laughs> by, by that. And, um, and then I, I finished university and I thought, oh my God, so, so many doors can, I, I can open, you know, I can go to so many different places now. 
And then um, I said, okay, but I, I still want to work with people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I decided to, to go to HR. Um, and, and for that, I, of course, I needed to look for a little bit more uh, tools, right? Because mm-hmm. I had the thoughts, but I didn't have the tools, the practical tools for HR. Mm-hmm. So I was working in HR for 10 years and I, I loved it as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 but I was still very curious about the body. So I went to study to university after I went to study anatomy. I did NLP. Um, I did body dynamics. I did a lot of different mm-hmm. studies uh, because I wanted that. I don't want only to work with the mind. It's, it's mm-hmm. not for me. We are a system, you know, mm-hmm. so it's very is reducing ourselves if we are only working with the mind and it's even and it's it's, it's very interesting because you had the, the philosophy uh thing that is very i yeah. guess mind oriented and then you had yes. all this work with the body with all these different yeah. ati- activities that you did so it was yeah. very interesting how everything came together and how, when yeah. was when was the nlp entered in your life and coaching <sighs> Uh, the coaching was pretty, pretty, uh, was even before, uh, was because uh, when I was doing philosophy, uh, we already had some um, notion of about NLP. So some teachers were already there. Uh, and uh, so I heard it at that moment. Um, and I did, when I was in university, already some coaching. So mm-hmm. we had some, uh, because yeah, I was a teacher as well. So we had some, uh, some studies in that sense. Uh, so coaching started before NLP um, with students, uh, but also because I worked in um, uh, a football school. So I was uh, helping in that terms, the, the, the athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and NLP came uh, after, uh, so the, the formal studies, of NLP, even if I had uh, myself already some uh, readings and a curiosity, um, but started when I left the corporate. So I think I was 32 years old, I think. Mm -hmm. I did my first training, Mm -hmm. uh, my first uh, formal NLP practitioner. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because NLP combines this, uh, it has a lot of physiology, but also the cognitive way of how we process uh, the information. So it's a pretty complete field of knowledge. Um, Yes. And if you, if you, uh, for instance, if you go, uh, because I also did the new code NLP uh, Mm -hmm. with John Grinder. uh, So that is even more, (laughs) more evident, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the traditional code can be, uh, that you end up in a school that is also very mental mm-hmm. um, but the new code and uh, working with John Grinder is always a pleasure mm-hmm. um, and uh, is, is more evident the the relationship between the body and uh, and uh, the mind mm-hmm. I will not even say the body and the mind I will say the system the system exactly I don't like that card and do you um, think that at- uh, we as adults, we lost the ability of to move, you know, t- to understand our body. So how important is this for us to relearn <laughs> how to move yeah. our body, how to understand our body? So what is yeah, your kind of view on that? Yeah, it's, uh, we, got, we, we get a little bit numb uh, when uh, we, growing up because the body is, is, uh, is also something that a lot of us, uh, we don't understand. 
we don't know. We don't know what, what is happening with our body because that is what we learn in formal school, right? We learn a little bit about biology, a little bit about uh, what are the organs and the bones, and that's it. Uh, but for instance, one of the most amazing experiences that I had um, was one time that I was giving a, a training many years ago uh, with women, and um, most part of them mothers, so the uterus was used mm-hmm. um and uh, and i asked okay where is your uterus and they didn't know they didn't know it's like they were like more or less here you know in the in the belly like pointing to the intestines and between intestines and whatever and i'm like okay so you have something that is you even used it because you had babies mm-hmm. but you don't know where it is um, so we get a little bit confused mm-hmm. um, with the signals that the body uh, gives to us. The information also, that it, it has yeah. stored. Yeah, we get a little bit confused. And uh, for instance, we, we tend to accept pain as normal. Some people just, if you ask them, do you have a recurrent uh, uh, a pain that is always there? Oh, yeah, this kind of thing in my shoulders or uh, oh, I have always something in my lower back and like are you doing something for that are you investigating what is that all about mm-hmm. they go like no this is normal right it's the age. investigating is a good word so, like <laughs> yeah like a detective so what is yeah what is what, this, what is this signal for yeah what yeah and I think we get a little bit numb also um, because we have a we, we store a lot of trauma And for us to listen to our body, we need to go there. You know, we need to feel. Mm-hmm. We need to accept that, yeah, I don't know what this is and I, I want to feel it. And um, and I'm still not in control. I'm not in control. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things com- combined that makes people go to the numb. Yeah. And you know that this is one of the things that I like most in working with voice because voice mm-hmm gives us a lot of information about the body and the emotions that are stuck there, uh, what are the parts that people don't understand, don't use, don't pay attention to. So the voice is really the symptom of a lot of things that are happening in the body and in the emotions. I I would say as a vocal coach that voice is actually an excuse to a personal development (laughs) journey. Yes. Because there's so many things about us, uh, our conditioning like social condition our education our you know things that we the self-beliefs that we form about ourselves or about others or you know to be quiet to don't make any noise to don't disturb so don't be loud don't be loud so everything is stored in the body and yes yeah as you were saying that i was voice is really that you know working with the body with with the movements and for sure when yeah When, when I work, I'm working now um, in breath, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, now entering and, and I'm almost finishing my master in breath. And, uh, and it's amazing. It's amazing what you can do just by working uh, with how people breathe. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't need to do a lot of different things, but how much people can achieve just by changing the way or the pattern of breathing can you give us one example or two just to be more concrete for instance yeah for instance the amount of people that are sustaining breath you know when 
you go uh, scared for one. The, the, you can feel this when something is uh, scary, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you go like, <gasps> and you hold it, and that brings you tension. But when I say when I'm talking to people, it's so easy to hear the 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 retain of the boy, the the the, the breath. Mm-hmm. So people are holding breath. Every time that you are holding breath, you are tensioning. You are creating tension, muscle, muscle tension. Mm-hmm. So you are doing the recipe of fear. Mm-hmm. You, and most part of the people, I can say that they are 24 hours per day doing this. So in mm-hmm. a way, they are 24 and that, and, hours And that creates a pattern, induces yeah, a pattern. Create, yeah, that creates a pattern that basically this person... It's not living. She's just protecting herself. Mm-hmm. They are not open to anything that can come from the outside, not because they don't want to, but because the body is tense. Mm-hmm. So if I'm try it, tense your body and still and, and see what happens. You know, you you stop even sometimes listening, right? Because we can do this exercise so like. Yeah. You can feel the tension in the throat. Yeah, the, you can feel the tension in the throat, the in neck. In the shoulders. The, yeah, yeah. You're going to, to see that the legs also. Uh, in the belly. Rest, the belly. And, and uh, uh, this is the recipe for protection. So let's say that the person, for instance, I, I hear this a lot. I want to be open-minded. I want to be less judgmental. Just stop breathing like that. But... Mm-hmm. That cannot be sustaining breath. Because if you sustain, you are protecting yourself. Someone that is protecting is always judgmental. Mm-hmm. It's a direct because relationship every... between yeah. the, the way we live and the way we breathe. It's really yes. amazing. The relationship. Yes. yes. And the world changes if you start, uh, stop, or you stop holding breath. So you can do the reverse. You can stop holding yeah. breath and be more yeah. open and less judgmental. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you don't and need you, to And you do this kind of mind. work with people. You do this kind of work, like helping them to connect yes. with their body, to pay attention, to yes. understand the breathing. Yes. Breathing is like really the basic function. Like we do yes, it. The basic. Yeah. It's the very... first thing that you do after you come out of the belly of your mom. <laughs> the last thing you do. It's a and very. The last thing that you... <laughs> and it's very unconscious. Like you hold yes. this un- in unconscious yes. patterns. And also, also because mm-hmm. no, you don't learn how to breathe. You just breathe. It's a survival mechanism. It's the first strategy, is the, the first automatic strategy that you have in your life. So, and, you, and then you don't correct it. You just continue mm-hmm. doing it. And you think this is the normal way. It's you the know, same. Everyone, yeah, everyone is doing like this. And I like, it's the no. same with walking, with sitting. Yes. We just sit, we just walk. When I say to my boyfriend that, for example, yeah. I'm, in a, I'm in a voice workshop and I do a lot of workshops for myself too. And uh, he asked me, so Ines, what did you learn today? And I was super excited. Like, I learned how to sit, you know, I learned how to yeah. sit. I sit in very different ways. I sit like I turning. I was like moving my body. I was like exploring different ways of sitting. He was like looking at me like, you really pay for that? You really pay for you, <laughs> for someone to, to teach you how to sit? You, come on, you are sitting all day. You should be doing this correctly, you know? You should be doing yeah. this right. You yeah. pay 
like spend eight hours doing something I want to do it better you know yeah. and he, he's yeah, making fun that, of me is, all the time <laughs> yeah yeah but that that is the thing is that the basic things uh people just assume that we know how to do it and um and they don't investigate say so, okay for instance if I sit this way how do I feel if I sit that way how do I feel for instance if you're going to see that a lot of people will buy a chair just by the way the chair looks like the design the, the, the not, design not the, the ergonomics yeah so like at least try it you know and and don't try it for five minutes because then you will not have the, the full experience um but people just don't they don't realize the impact of that um and uh they don't realize that uh you, again you are a system and everything is impacting everything it's not mm -hmm. like oh yeah, I, I can do this. And this is just an isolated thing. Like so, that doesn't so exist. The wrong chair can lead you to a, a wrong uh, posture, I would say. Everything wrong. A wrong breathing, yeah. a wrong voice when you are in a yes. meeting. <laughs> Imagine you know, the importance. You never, you'll never buy a chair yeah. again with the, yeah. <laughs> it, in then, the same way. Imagine you are in an interview and you don't know, like, I don't know what happened. But after the, after the way of the interview, I felt this, oh, you're like, okay, what was happening? How you were sitting? What type of chair? What type of light? Mm -hmm. And people tend to find a little bit more psychological excuses mm -hmm. uh, than the, the real, what is happening? What is your embodiment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thing? What is your context not outside of you not in your mind but what was really happening it's, it's, it's um, very important that... yeah but i think it's also very important ligia to have someone give us feedback from outside to guide us oh, through yeah. the experience because we tend yeah. to do the normal you know the habitual patterns and it's very yeah. it's very difficult to go away from from them so it's very yeah. important to have someone just watching making questions um giving feedback yeah. and i remember i still remember one day like i, I guess eight ten years ago when i was giving a, a speech i guess and by and you were there and by the oh, end okay. you <laughs> back <Sorry>. in <laughs> when was that Let me go back i, I in said memory 10 years that. ago but anyway oh, it's not important the speech part is not important <laughs> but the important is that by the end you approached me mm -hmm. and you you gave me some feedback about my posture and the way that I was standing, uh, you know, mm. I, you know, the, the legs and the, you know, the, yeah. the, the shoulders. And I really mm. remember your feedback, you know, back then it was very important because yeah. I were, I was not aware about the way I was yeah. moving my body on stage. And then you, yeah. you saw that and you kindly gave, gave me the feedback. And I still remember today, you know, the pelvis and the, you know, the movement yeah. and how can I, you know, yeah. use because, my... Because it's yeah, because where, for instance, when you are in, on stage, of course, a lot of things will, will pop up that maybe when you are doing a, a small workshop, for instance, they don't pop up because the exposure is different. The emotional charge is different. So every time I, I for instance, every time that I do something that is different or new, I always like to have someone that I know that that person is just there to give me feedback. You know, because uh, it's new. So I don't know yet what is the emotional impact that that new circumstances is going to create on me. Mm -hmm. uh, That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Right. So every time that I go for something new, a new uh, 
or, or a new stage or um, I, I, I also like to experiment. So for instance, I remember one time that I did a talk sitting and, um, and was in a big theater and it was the first time that I did that. And I asked someone, uh, one of my colleagues, and I said, hey, come, come and just tell me how was it, not, not the content, but the, being seated, what, what I should be doing more, less, what happened there. And for me, it was really, really important because it was the first time that I did that mm-hmm. uh, in a big theater. So, I think I was uh, there. It was in Coliseo, really? you know, Porto Coliseo. Oh yeah, yeah. In Colisea was also was also well, yeah. Was you were seated. Very big one. Yeah, I was <laughs> seated in a in a, a purple uh, couch. Uh, I, I don't know why we had a purple couch, but I, I don't remember I still, that detail. But I I, I, remember, I remember you speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that that is the thing is that um, sometimes also uh, changing the physical conditions will create a different impact on us and mm-hmm. and we are still not knowing what that will be mm-hmm. until we are doing it right yeah and and we were we we were speaking about public speaking and let me bring this topic yeah. because that changes changes a lot in us in our physiology yes you can yes. be a very good speaker like in one-on-one but then you go into a yes. stage and then your physiology changes your body becomes rigid you are like you hold your breath you tend to speak too fast because you just want to get over there get out of yes. there as soon as possible yes. so how yeah, do you yeah. explain what is your your perspective of this public speaking yeah. reactions body reactions yeah yeah i always remember One person that, because we do public speaking, I do public speaking uh, courses. And I remember one person that said, Alicia, if I have four people, it's fine. Five, I'm in panic. And I, <laughs> what happened in that mind? You know, what, what happens for four is okay. Five is not okay. But this is real. And this yep. is real. Mm-hmm. And um, um, one of the things is that first, public speaking is being naked. You know, it's, it's a lot, a lot of, um, comes a lot of uh, very uh, old uh, traumas of rejection. Uh, maybe people are not going to like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's like being naked because you are putting out uh, yourself. You, you are making mm-hmm. a very strong statement, right? Um, and what I think uh, is that is a lot of self-talk is a lot of uh, beliefs that mm-hmm. uh, are constraining um, the, the, yeah, let's say that the performance is the same when you are doing other type of presentations or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time one, um, we were doing a, a conference and we, I think we were like four or five different uh, presenters mm-hmm. and I, I received a message three days before from one of the presenters saying Lizzie I lost my voice mm-hmm. and like what you lost your voice yeah I cannot speak um, and uh, I remember that I did a 10 minutes I think hypnosis session and the voice was there in mm-hmm. 10 minutes back mm-hmm. normal huh? so um, it's a lot of fear it's one of the examples so- where yeah. <laughs> you can lose the voice because only you, by psych- yes. psychological and emotional uh, yeah, yes. stress. Just by thinking about what can happen. <laughs> just like 
wondering what uh, anticipating scenarios anticipating yeah 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 and there's a lot of a lot of and and that is beautiful because you have a lot of power with your, with your imagination that is a good news right because you can use it in your own benefit uh, the thing is that we normally don't do that <laughs> we tend to use our imagination for the worst case scenario um so but i think the 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 public speaking activates a lot of the recipe of fear mm-hmm. and, and depends on the degree that you have fear and depends on what is your recipe for fear right uh, but public speaking is really um is really a big big exposure mm-hmm. is, is, is and many is, things to work at the same time not at the same time yeah. but you have to combine different skills different communication yes. skills you have to know yes. how to prepare the content to have a good yes. and interesting content to think about the audience you have to you know to, to think about also the voice and the way you are delivering you yes. have also the posture and yes. the gestures and the movement yeah and if, you, have if to, you start thinking yeah it, like, if you start thinking about that you are overwhelmed yeah like what because, i have to do yeah, all this so it's a process yeah because, yeah because your brain can only be paying attention to uh, from four to seven things at the same time so you get overwhelmed So I, I honestly give a tip. Uh, I say, stop thinking. And people are like, what? And the content. I'm like, you know the content in a different place, but you know the content. Um, so I, I, I normally teach how to stop thinking and not how to think mm-hmm. more or better. The thing yeah, is, we that... don't have the mechanism to stop. You know, for example, the muscles, and I see this with voice, We have the muscles yeah. to activate something. It's very difficult, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, unconscious, in a, an unconscious level, to stop yeah. doing, you know, stop yeah. doing, stop, you know, yeah. because you we don't have that body. command. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you use your body. One of, the, one of the things that happens is that every time that you have a thought, your tongue is doing micro muscle movements. Yep. Basically, you are literally talking to yourself. Uh, so if you learn how to relax your tongue, so one of the things that I do, for instance, if I'm not talking, every time that I'm not talking, my tongue is relaxed. Because if I'm talking, yeah, my, my body's doing that. So I, I don't have space to think about anything else. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking, I'm in my content and I'm telling my story. But the problem is that when I make the silences, that's why some people, because they are scared of the silence, because the silence yeah. is the space for my mind go to other places like fear. Yeah. So if in that microsecond you train yourself to relax your tongue, you will not think in between. So you will not go to self-talk. So maybe and most probably you will not create any type of fear and you are present so, i guess you are yes. you can be there listening yes, you know, or you just there. paying attention to the audience in that moment people exactly. are very afraid of pauses and i do a lot of this yeah. in my training too like why are you scared about the pause about the pause yeah why are, because... and if you say the word silence they get even yeah. more yeah. Yeah. like 
what's happening they they will think yeah. that i forgot so the text so yeah. i should be you know it's and mentally yeah. the pause or the silence for the speaker is so different for the audience you know you you stop one second and you feel it feels like 10 minutes and for the audience it they even noticed that was a, a silence or a, yeah. a pause <laughs> well, yeah one time i remember that i i one time i did a stand-up comedy training and uh, and I remember when the, the the trainer said you need to pause to give space for the laughter, for people to laugh. You cannot talk until people uh, if people are laughing. And I remember that for the group that I was in, that was the difficult task. It was not building up the the joke, you know, the joke <laughs> whatever. The difficult part was to wait for people to be able to laugh and which is which like, is the point of the of the stand-up that is exactly that is your main or should say objective but it's so amazing how um silence uh people think that is a weakness and i see silence as a power uh, and a powerful tool mm-hmm. yeah but mm-hmm. for that i need to be comfortable with myself right to be able to pause to stop, to not doing, because I think we are also so used to performance that are a lot of our value, for instance, my value for most part of the people is in what I say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get I get my value from if I'm saying something interesting, if all right. I can all right, exactly. And I like, no, my value is in me, my presence. I can just be looking at you and you'll feel my value. Mm-hmm. And it, it's interesting yeah. because it's it might be something that we learn so i know you have three kids yeah. and two rabbits yes. i love this part yes. but you have three kids yes. and when do you think that we uh start learning or conditioning ourselves for this so as a kid we are very free we can go into a stage we can say a joke uh i remember when i was presenting my my book the only i, yeah. I made a question to the audience and the only person who just stands and you know he runs into the into the stage and to ask a question yeah. was was my cousin that was like five yeah. years old like yeah she, yeah and she 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 was and he was there and I, I think yeah. I asked what was what is your favorite sound and he went yeah. to the stage and he screamed like and, ah! yeah so I cute. thought it was amazing yeah. like Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you like to scream. Yeah, that is you know. inspirational, right? That is inspirational. And we lose the yeah. ability to scream. I I I yeah. sometimes I ask some clients, you know, and they feel that when they can, you know, after doing like yeah. voice training, they like to to scream. You know, they they, they like to yes. go into the nature when they are alone and just, you know, yeah. use the voice a little yeah. bit. And I have I have this client that uh, she was um, making this training for voice projection. In one of the sessions, yeah. she remembered one t- one time that she was in Mozambique doing um, mm. a mission. And in the last mm. day, she went with the kids like to the to the you know to the lands, just to the forest, yeah. you know, to the to the place where nature yeah. was. And they were like playing, making fun. They were climbing the trees and they were screaming. And they said, yeah. you know, this is Portuguese, like, Tia, Tia, like, come on, you, you can scream. And she was like, you can scream loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she said like, ah, ah. And they said, come on, that's not screaming. You should scream. And they were like showing her. And she was like, ah, yeah. ah. They were <laughs> laughing, you know, they, they were on the floor uh, laughing. Yeah. You, you, you can scream. 
and she yeah. she she was like aware of it like I can't scream yeah. I was like yeah. and she finally got you know they were training her and she finally yeah. <laughs> she finally could do it and it was it was it felt so well you know yeah. and, and she remembered think, this story think, yeah 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 but that is the beauty is that I think um, um, we we receive a lot of different inputs right that we should be uh, we should not be loud. Uh, we should uh, behave. And I think the, the, the worst thing is we should behave uh, because there's a lot of things inside, right? Um, and I, re- I always get alert. So I have uh, my kids, they have different ages. Uh, so one is uh, 14, the other one is six, and the other one is four. And my uh, awareness is the moment that they come home and ask me to go to the toilet. Mm-hmm. And I go like, Okay, now the social pressure started. Yeah, I'm not and a then, teacher. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then I, I'm really a rebellious. And, uh, and I, I, I teach my kids how to be a rebel. Uh, and, and, and they're like, mom, how we do that? You, broke, you break the rules. And, um, and, uh, and they were like, oh, okay, but that can get me in trouble. Like, then I'm your saver. Then I'm there. You know, when you get in trouble, I'm there. Uh, but then makes, uh, I say, okay, when you are in school, I understand that you need to ask to go to the toilet. Um, at home, you don't do that. You just go. You know, at home, you just go. Uh, so I, 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 I also show them, and at least I, I, I hope that um, it's like um, you, you can have different behaviors in different situations right and and i think that is something that sometimes people don't realize is that um i i adapt to to my context right i adapt to what is going on um so and that is i think the moment that a child needs to start asking to go uh, to the toilet is the moment that i can i can i, I need to ask permission mm-hmm. And if I need to ask permission for a simple thing that is like a very basic physiological need, means. means that I need to ask permission for a lot of different things. I need to ask permission to eat. I need to ask permission to talk. I need to ask permission to, you know, to show mm-hmm. my emotions. So, yeah, if I need to ask permission for that, the kid really gets the sense, oh, I still I need to start asking permission. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you don't. And how does it no, transfer into our adulthood and into the companies and into dynamics oh, between God. teams? <laughs> my God, people are always Social asking condition. permission. Yeah, it's like uh, people are always like, "Can I do this?" And you see that in trainings, right? You also do that. Mm-hmm. And that when when people want to say something, but before before they do, they look around to see if it's allowed and if everyone is okay with that. Mm-hmm. um that that is how this works and i go like no no you should not be all the time asking permission and for certain things for sure you don't ask permission mm-hmm. um so we 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 unlearn we it's not that we learn we don't know anymore how what it is and how to just be uh, we don't know how to do that. So then we have courses. Be yourself. How to be yourself. 
how to love yourself, how to engage with yourself. I like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Um, it's, it's just, it's just us going back when we were five years old that we go and we make the sound, you know. <laughs> just because someone is asking for us to do the sound um and like just go back to when you were five you know just go back and yes yeah, sometimes you need to be in a group you need to go to a place that is allowing you is showing you that is allowed mm-hmm. but honestly you can also do it by yourself you don't have to have the permission of someone to do it. So yeah, what what yeah, advices what advices Lisa you can give to people that want to Uh, undo conditioning uh, or build new skills I would say what could be the the main just yeah Uh, just stop comparing yourself with other people Uh, just just do your stuff just do your thing and then um, realize that whatever you believe about yourself you are always more than that always more than that um, it, it's, it's, you don't have you are not static you are you, you are always transforming so yeah maybe uh, 10 years ago you were not able to do something but maybe now you are so always look to what is going on right now what what is what is happening with me right now you know because yeah I, rem- I always give this example when I was a child I didn't like beans but at all, you know, and now I eat every day. One of my meals is with beans. And if I don't have them, I go a little bit like, mm, where are my beans? Um, and my mom even like, what happened to you? What, what, what was the moment that you start liking beans? And I thought, I don't know, but I, I like them. We Change are not is good. The same. Change is yeah, good. Yeah, we are not the same people. And we, we need to embrace that. We need to embrace that we are change. In four years, all the cells of your body are new. Believe mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Believe that every four years you are a new person. How amazing that is. How amazing. How many, how much possibilities mm-hmm. I have, you know. Um, and and uh, um, all the things that you believe that people say to you about you doesn't mean that tomorrow you can you, you can be really a different person. And mm-hmm. another thing is that um, this idea of I, I I appreciate the idea of relating with myself. I'm not in a relationship with myself. I don't have any conditions for myself, but I always relate with myself. I touch myself. You know, I feel my body. I I looked myself in the mirror. I look myself in my own eyes and I say, okay, what is here? What is this woman all about? Um, What is my statement today? What I want to share to the world. And it's not what I want from the world. It's what I want to give to the world. And I think everyone has that, right? That's why we are still alive. Everyone has something to share with the world. And I'm really, that is my, that is what I like to see. And that is what I do, what I do. I like to see what people want to share with the world and help them out um, and support them and like, say it, you know, give it <laughs> do to it. the world. Be a rebel. <laughs> do it. I'm here. I'm here. 
um, I will be your best fan. Um, and uh, yeah, that is, that is the thing. For instance, I remember when I met you, I really, really felt like, wow, wow, she has so much to give. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and we are still in contact until today. And I really appreciate that. And, uh, and I think, yeah, for instance, uh, uh, I, I like to see that. I like to see like, wow, she's doing it, you know? And, uh, and I, I appreciate that. And I think that is the most beautiful thing ever. And, uh, and I appreciate to have someone that I can say, oh, I know her. Uh, <laughs> she's my friend uh, and she's doing it. Uh, so, yeah, I think that is the most beautiful thing that we can do, honestly. Give our gifts to the world. Yeah, That's... yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think we couldn't. Uh, uh, very we wise continue, words. Right? We can continue. <laughs> very wise words. Uh, thank you so much for for sharing it with with us, uh, with me. Uh, it's always lovely to to speak to you. And so, uh, where can we find your work? So, where can people oh, you find can, you? Yeah. Just just Google put it. my name in Google. <laughs> Lizia Koyan Ramos and I will be around on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and of course in the website of Intermotivation. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 all around. So you will find me. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I recommend you to to do it. Lizia, thank you so much you. for this conversation. It thank was you. great. Thank you so much. Thank and you. See you around. Thank you. thank you for listening to this episode. Did you like it? If so, feel free to spread the word. To discover more about vocal coaching, you can visit my website, voicepowerleadership.com, or contact me through LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. And always remember, your voice matters. All we need to do is make sure we keep talking. <laughs>